Good morning, everyone. It's a pleasure to see everyone here today. I just want to review some things. Women's ministry meeting. We are meeting on August 22nd. That is a Sunday. So please, women, come out. It's going to be at 6 o'clock. There's also going to be a men's ministry meeting as well, August 29th, and that's at 6 o'clock. So if you can, please come out. This is a great time for people to come together, learn more about each other, and go deeper in, with their relationship with God. I'm going to pass the mic to Ellie Chavis, and she's going to talk about Accelerant. Hi, guys. Um, I'm Ellie, and I'm 17 years old. Um, I just wanted to encourage you guys to um, donate some money to the youth. There are envelopes out in the information center right out um, in the front. Um, however much you'd like to donate, uh, anything would be appreciative. Um, I have had some very interesting experiences at Accelerant. I do know for sure, though, that I have made um, a lot of new bonds. I have grown very close to a lot of people that um, I wouldn't normally expect to grow close to, but it's really refreshing just to know that um, the youth just get to be, get to hang out, get to uh, go somewhere and worship God. That's like outside of church. We get to take that outside of church with us, and we just get to bond and hang out and grow as a youth, um, but I wanted to just share that with you guys, um, but yeah, I think that's all I have to say. Um, if you'd like to donate money, you can put it in the envelopes, um, put it in the offering baskets, give it to uh, Pastor Bethany or Miss Melody. Um, but yeah, thank you. Amen. Do you know how important it is that our youth be trained and fed? And Accelerant is a place that they can, as Ellie said, go they can learn, they can uh, experience, and they can build bonds with friendships and stuff. So if God lays it on your heart, go out there and pull an envelope. There are envelopes, and they have numbers on them, one through, I think, 100. And you just pull the envelope, put the amount of money that's on the front in the envelope. So if you pull the one, you put a dollar bill in it. If you pull a five, you put a five. If you pull the hundred, you put a hundred. And then if you would just put that into the offering or you can slide it under, give it under to Miss Melody, slide it under door or whatever. Uh, we really need to support our youth and make sure that they can go and they can experience the things of God that they've got to experience. Because they get experience here, but they got to see that it also applies elsewhere. So just be praying about that, what God would have you to do. All right, today is time for our faith statement uh, that we're going to uh, praise God for what he's already done for us. But we're also going to make a declaration that he will continue to praise us or bless us abundantly. So if you would, if you want to pull up, let's see. All right, so let's um, give our faith statement, if you would stand. Um, we are sword-drawn, word-ready, purpose-filled. We will not be denied. And in Jesus' name, we will do everything, not somehow, but triumphantly. Amen. Church, I want you to look at that. 
I'm going to break this down for you. We are sword drawn. What does that mean? We're ready for battle. We're ready for battle. And if you're not reading the word, if you're not studying the word, if you're not in a Bible study that where you are learning, your sword's rusty. And it may be about this long. You've got to prepare yourself. So when we make a faith statement, we are sword drawn. What we're saying is we're in the word. We're studying and we're learning and we're building up our spiritual battle gear. So we are sword drawn. We are word ready. Again, reading the word. We know what the word says. If somebody is giving you a word, how do you know if it's a good word, if it's right, if you haven't been in the word? Okay? Even from here, from this pulpit, if we ever say anything that's not in the word, <laughs> how do you know? How would you know? You just agree with us because it's coming from the front up here. You've got to be word ready, purpose filled. You know, this is a good one, people. You've got to understand God gave you a purpose. What, there are about 40, 50 people in this place? That means there are 40 or 50 purposes here. When you were created, before God created the world, he created a plan and a purpose for you. Miss Deanna, he has a purpose for you. Miss Ann, he's got a purpose for you. Eddie, you have a purpose. Everyone in here has a purpose. And we're making the statement that we are purpose-filled. we got to know what that purpose is. And that only comes by prayer. We will not be denied. You know what? We're standing firm. We're on the solid foundation. And we are moving forward. I don't care what comes at us. COVID, whatever's being said about COVID, all the fear that's coming, we are standing on the rock of Jesus Christ and we are going to move forward. Okay? We will move forward. And we will not be denied. And we're doing everything in Jesus' name. We're not moving of our own accord, of our own strength and power. It's through the name of Jesus that we're going to do everything. So I want to repeat this, and I want you to take this to heart. And I, if you feel like, you know, well, I haven't been reading as much, or I haven't been as worth, that's okay. You can start today. You know what? Start today. So let's make this declaration over our lives again. We are sword-drawn, word-ready, purpose-filled. We will not be denied. And in Jesus' name, we will do everything. Not somehow, but triumphantly. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. You know, we also have a statement that we say over our finances. It's important that we seek God in our finances, that we submit our finances to him. And when we submit our finances to him, this is what we're going to see, people. And we're making that declaration that when we enact our finances the way God has ordained us to enact in our finances, because God is our provider, we got jobs, but God provided that job. So whatever money you're getting, you're not getting because you have a job. You're getting because God is the provider. So when we submit it to him, this is what we're believing for. 
So let's say this statement. As we receive today's offering, we are believing the Lord for jobs and better jobs, raises and bonuses, benefits, sales and commissions, favorable settlements, estates and inheritances, interest and income, rebates and returns, checks in the mail, gifts and surprises, finding money, debts paid off, expenses decrease, blessing and increase. Thank you, Lord, for meeting all of my financial needs that I may have more than enough to give into the kingdom of God and promote the gospel of Jesus Christ. Hallelujah! Hallelujah! Amen. You know, this being said about our finances, you know, we're all working on the Cool It project, and we've had to replace an air conditioner, and it's possible we're, there's another air conditioner we're going to have to replace. So we have the Cool It project. And I want to tell you what God is doing in here. God is moving in this place. To date, we have received $11,255 in the Cool It project. Hallelujah. God be the glory. He's the provider. He's the giver. He is the one that has made the way. Amen? A little side note, just a reminder, we're having the welcome luncheon next Sunday. It's covered dish. Back to the old timey, bring what you want to bring. Bring enough for your family plus one. And just, we'll come here and we're going to share a meal after church. So remember, that is next Sunday. Hallelujah. Amen. I want you to remember that God, God's created everything you see. He breathed it into existence. Remember when his people were caught up in slavery? He rescued them. What he did was he parted the sea and he made a way for them and then he delivered their enemies to them and he unlocks wombs and he provides water from a rock and he provides manna from heaven and he brought down the walls of Jericho. He froze the sun allowing victory. He's toppled giants with tiny stones. He's brought fire from heaven. He shut the mouths of lions. He preserved life in the belly of a well. He's fed thousands with a few loaves. He gives the weak strength. He heals the sick. He's made the blind see, the deaf ear, the mute speak, the lame walk, and he's overcome evil, and he's made a way through death for you and me by the death and the resurrection of his son, Jesus Christ, that we will live with him forever. We will dwell in the house of the Lord forever and ever and ever and ever. What are we afraid of? His resume is flawless. He controls everything. And he loves you. So much. You see his resume. What are we afraid of? Greater is he that is in me than he that is in the world. Hallelujah. Amen. Amen. How great 
is our God. Let's praise Him. Let's lift our voices and our hands today and sing how great is our God.
Words cannot express how great you are, Lord Jesus. Father, we are here to worship you. We are here to purposely worship you, church. Worship God from your heart, Father. Here I am to worship. Here I am to
Because you and you alone, church, you and you alone, Jesus, are worthy of it all. Hallelujah. Hallelujah to you. 
Jesus, lift your voice up and praise him, Lord. Hallelujah. Glory to you, Jesus. You are worthy, Lord. You are worthy of it all, Lord. Lord, we prepare this place for you and this time for you, Lord. Holy Spirit, come in this place, Lord. Come in this place and renew us, Lord. Because you are worthy, Lord. And you love us. You love us so much, Lord. Hallelujah. 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 Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. We praise you, Lord. We praise you, Lord Jesus. To you be the glory and honor. Praise you, your hands. Just raise your hands. He's the great provider. He's the great gift giver. And whatever you need, whatever it is, Father, I pray, Lord, you provide for your children. There are needs in this place. You created a purpose in each one of us, Lord. And we know you will provide for that purpose. And whatever need we have, Father, we trust in you. We don't trust in doctors or media or advice from others. It is you and your word we trust in. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Praise you, Jesus. Everything you need is here in Him today, Lord. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. someone in here dealing with a big decision and they don't know which way to turn they've looked at different options and they're not sure what they should do I'm here to tell you get in the word seek the Lord that one decision that's been laying on your heart that one decision that you've been unsure about, but it keeps coming to your mind, no matter what you do, you will always come back to that one thing. 
seek the Lord. He's leading you in that decision. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Holy Spirit, we receive from you. We receive from you wisdom and knowledge to make those decisions, Father, that you have for us. you to a bigger level and he loves you so much he wants to be in relationship with you his heart breaks for you he knows what you're dealing with he knows those things that you're doing that you know is not right he already knows it and his heart breaks for you for a relationship for a full long one-on-one relationship with you. Oh, he wants you to move forward in him. He wants you to get strength from him. And he's standing there. He's saying, here I am. I am right here. I've not left you. I'm not going anywhere. I'm right here. And he has his arms open. And he's saying, just come to me. Let him wrap his arms around you. And it's okay to tell him everything. Because he already knows it. It's okay. This is not a man thing or a woman thing. This is a child of God thing where he wants you to come and sit with him. He wants you to come and dine with him. He wants you to come and get saved. If you don't know him, church, if you don't know Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, and I'm not talking know the name of Jesus. Demons know the name and believe, and they tremble. I'm talking about that relationship that he wants with you. Please, I'm begging you. If you don't know him as Lord and Savior, give your heart to him now. You would just, you can't, I can't explain the freedom that you have in him. And just everybody just bow their head right now. Father God, I pray if there is anyone in here who doesn't know you as Lord and Savior, Father God, I pray that your Holy Spirit is working in them now and drawing them to you. And church, don't deny him. If he's drawing you, step out. It's okay. We've all been there. I pray, Lord, that you would touch their heart and mind. For we were all sinners. We were just as lost as lost could be. We denied you, Jesus. We denied you, God. That sin nature that was in us, Lord, did not allow us to know you. 
praise God, you made a way. You made a way through your son, Jesus Christ, who came and he served and he taught and he gave his life for me. He gave his life for you. He took all that nasty stuff, all that sin, anything that you've ever done in your life that displeased God, and you know what? Anything that you've ever going to do in your life. He took all of that upon his body, and he took it, and he died on the cross for us. And now all we have to say is, Jesus, I am sorry. I'm sorry for all my sins. Come and cleanse me. Come and dwell inside of me. Invite him in, people. Dwell inside of me and guide me, Father. And I will confess with my mouth. And I will believe in my heart that Jesus Christ was the Son of God and that he died and rose again three days later. And I submit my life to you. And I will live and work for you. And that's it, church. That's as simple as it gets. If you believe and you made that decision in your heart, praise God, you are now a child of God. And the Holy Spirit will work in you. He will guide and direct you. You will see things in your life that you've never seen before. Things will clear up in your life that you thought would never be clear. Things that you were into, you will no longer want to be into because the Holy Spirit is doing a work in you. The Holy Spirit is taking you under his wings. He is indwelling inside of you and he's working on your insides. And I'm not saying your life is gonna be perfect. Child of God, nobody's life is perfect. My life is not perfect. But I now know I have a savior that I can trust in. I now know I have the Holy Spirit that can guide and lead me and I can work with him. Hallelujah. Let's praise God. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Father. Hallelujah. Thank you, Father. Praise and glory be to your holy name. Holy are you, God. Holy are you, God. Holy are you, God. Hello, hello, hello. That's good. Thank you, Josh. Good morning, everybody. Praise God for that time of worship. Michelle is not here. She is with my grandfather. But praise God for anointing Charlie for this purpose today to lead us into a place of worship. Praise God. Y'all, I've only been a senior pastor here for nine weeks, but he's moving in this church. He's moving in this church. And the Holy Spirit laid it on Pastor Charlie and I's heart to change up the order of service 
Because we noticed when the Holy Spirit moves, we have been hindering him by even stopping for a slight moment. So we're going to go ahead into the Word. Can you please pull up my PowerPoint, Miss Pat? There we go. We're going to go ahead and go into the Word today. Today is week two of our series with the spiritual gifts, Powered Up, right? Because with the spiritual gifts, we are powered up what? Oh, sorry, Children's Church. Tim and Leah? Look, I'm already ready to go. Children in the back with Mr. Tim and Miss Leah. Yeah, that's my nephew. But this is week two in our spiritual gift series. I pray you are taking notes. And Miss Melody and Miss Serena had a brilliant idea. On the back of your bulletins, there's literally now a note sheet. No excuses not to take notes to go deeper in the word. On the back of your bulletin is a note sheet. And listen, listen, Christians, I don't care how long you've been saved, you don't know it all. You don't, you don't know it all. So if you come in here and sit Sunday after Sunday and you never take notes, I'm worried about you. If you're not teachable... I'm worried about you. Genuinely, I am worried about you. If you're not teachable, I'm worried about you. Why? Because that means you're not receptive from the Holy Spirit. And that's a problem. A lot of the times, if we're not willing to be teachable by man, we're not going to be willing to be teachable by God. So let's put ourselves in a place of understanding and listening to the Word today. I am excited for this because for too long the church has neglected the spiritual gifts. And this is a church that is stepping into our spiritual gifts. And yesterday, I was highly encouraged, yesterday we had our first meeting for our evangelism team. And y'all, we, we gave last notice for this meeting, and we had 15 people show up. Praise God. And I believe through that team, I believe through that team, we are going to radically impact this community. All these neighborhoods, all these upcoming neighborhoods, we're going to radically impact this community for the gospel of Jesus Christ. Amen. All right, we're starting off today with the importance of the gifts. We're going through five more gifts, but to start off, let's talk about the importance. The spiritual gifts are given to believers for specific purposes within the body of Christ, a.k.a. the church. Specific purposes. We're going to, go, we're going to deal with um, words of wisdom and words of knowledge, and we have to understand, many of you are knowledgeable. Many of you have wisdom, but that doesn't mean you have the spiritual gift of knowledge and the spiritual gift of wisdom. They're for specific purposes within the body of Christ. Christ, through the Holy Spirit, gave us gifts to fill the holes in ministry. He knows we're human, he knows we're fickle, and he knows we're going to fail. He gave us spiritual gifts. Oh yeah, I like that jam. He gave us spiritual gifts to fill the holes in the ministry. What he knew we could not fill as human beings, he gave us spiritual gifts to plug the holes in the ministry. Hey, Christians, the body needs you. The church needs you, all of you, every single one of you. The church needs you and it needs your gifts. For the church to function the way it was created to function, it needs you and it needs your gifts. A healthy church is a church that functions in their spiritual gifts. Do y'all hear me? A healthy church, a, not, not just a church, a healthy church is a church that functions in their spiritual gifts. It cannot help but to grow. Do we understand that? A real Bible-believing, Holy Spirit-filled church cannot help but to grow. Why? Because the Holy Spirit's leading it. And what the Holy Spirit, what God puts his hand to, will not fail. Your spiritual gifts guide you into your destiny and bring out your full potential. You will never be fully who God created you to be if you are not walking and functioning in your spiritual gifts. He made you for a specific purpose to function a specific way. Do you understand that? Your gifts are given specifically to you. Why? Because he knows you better than you even know yourself. So your spiritual gifts guide you into your destiny. Why? Because you're following the things God has given you. Amen? Amen. And they bring out your full potential. God wants you to be successful. 
I'm not saying God wants you to have a Lamborghini or a, or a mansion or a million dollars. I'm saying he wants you to be successful. What do I mean by that? In your Christian walk. He wants you to stand firm where no one else is standing firm. He wants you to walk in the spirit when no one else around you is walking in the spirit. God created you to be a person who walks and functions in their gifts. That is who he created you to be, but that's who he wants you to be. Are you wondering who God wants you to be? Are you questioning God? What do you have for me? Who do you want, who do you want me to be? Find your spiritual gifts and function in your spiritual gifts. That's who he wants you to be. He wants you to be a person who is obedient to the Holy Spirit and walks and functions in your spiritual gifts. And Christians, sometimes we make it so hard. We read the Bible through and through and through, but we don't apply it. Do we understand spiritual gifts? You can sit here all the day long and take notes and listen. I'm thankful for those of you who are taking notes. I'm thankful, but you can take notes. But if you're not applying it directly to your life, that defeats the whole purpose. This word was not meant to be just read. It was meant to be lived. Everything in this book is 100% truth, the authority we have on this earth. And every, every word to the, to the T, to the period, was meant to be lived out. And if we're just taking in, taking in, taking in, it defeats the purpose. This is not a book to be understood with our minds, but a book to be consumed in our hearts. And we walk in it. A church that does not function in their spiritual gifts is a crippled church. It's a body who can't see. It's a body who can't walk. It's a body who can't hear. It's a body who can't taste. It's a crippled body. It may be a body who shows up every Sunday, but it's not a functional body. A church that does not function in the spiritual gifts is a powerless church. Like, I keep saying this analogy, but a Christian without their spiritual gifts is like a gun without a bullet. There's no firepower. You have the weaponry, but you don't have the bullets to go inside it to fire it. It's a powerless church. It's a church that shows up Sunday after Sunday and never changes and never grows. And honestly, I'm looking for a church that's not going to argue with people. I'm looking for a church that's going to show people the power of the Holy Spirit. I'm not into this game of arguing theology. I want to show you the power of the Holy Spirit working in a healthy, functioning body. For too long, we as the church have played these church games. We came and we sat and we never left these four walls to go out. And we came and we sat and we came and we sat and said, oh God, praise you, but you neglected his word. He clearly said, when he called the first disciples, he said, follow me. What's the second thing he said? And I will make you fishers of men. We were always meant to be this way. But we have neglected the word of God and picked and choose what we thought was comfortable and what fit the Americanized dream that we never went out. A church that does not function in the spiritual gifts is a heretical church. It's heresy not to function in, in the spiritual gifts. Why? Because it goes directly against the word of God. There are five main passages that deal with the spiritual gifts. Five, y'all, five passages that talk about the spiritual gifts. If something in the Bible is stated five times, I think it's important. And if the church is told to function this way five times and we refuse to do it, that is heresy. So, so this movement of the reformist movement that claimed that the spiritual gifts don't exist anymore, that's heresy. That's why we see a powerless church in America. Because we love to come being entertained. Oh, we love, we love a speaker who's just going to come up and give us a good heartfelt message. You're good enough. God just loves you. That's not me. He does love you, but he wants you to do better. And for too long, we in America have just patted people on the back. Pat their little booty. It's okay. No, it's not. Do better. Do better. 
I need to do better. Every day I look at myself, and when I mess up, I say, Josiah, do better. Why? Because God is holding you to a standard you need to seek. I'm not talking about the standard of man. I could care less what, what man holds you to the standard of. God holds us to the standard of holiness. This ain't popular preaching, but this is good preaching. Therefore, the people who do not function in their gifts are spiritually crippled people. Do you hear that? Therefore, the people who do not function in their gifts are spiritually crippled people. If you're not walking in your gifts, you're a spiritually crippled human being. You're a powerless people. There's no power. Without the Holy Spirit residing in us, giving gifts and producing fruits, we are a powerless people. You understand, you as a human being, when you receive Christ, that doesn't give you power. It's the Holy Spirit dwelling inside of you. The very Spirit of God that dwells inside your moral body that gives you power. This is not a man-made power. This is not a man-originated power. This is not a man-made method that brings forth the power of God. For too long, we have disrespected him. We've come in church and we've called it church, but he was never in it. A, help, a self-help message is not a sermon to save the soul. It's not. It's a popular sermon, but what did Jesus tell his disciples? He said, when you go out, you will be hated because of my name. Why? Because they first hated me. So when I see a church with thousands of people, I'm a little worried. I'm a little worried over popular Christianity. Because scripture even talks about the remnant being few. The people who do not function in their gifts are a heretical people. And it breaks my heart that we can even be in a Pentecostal church. A majority of people in this church don't actually even know the spiritual gifts. Or have never even studied them. If we do not walk in the spiritual gifts, we are a heretical people. Mm. All right, now now that I dropped that bomb, let's get into the gifts. All right, picking up with the latter uh, of verse 8. All right, go leading into our first two spiritual gifts, right? We're discussing five a week, leading in. This is Romans chapter 12, 8b. All right, we're following up, leading with diligence, showing mercy with cheerfulness. We good? Leadership, also known as authority and ruling. The gift of leadership is the special ability that God gives to certain members of the body of Christ to set goals in accordance with God's purpose for the future and to communicate those goals to others in such a way that they voluntarily and harmoniously work together to accomplish those goals for the glory of God. We need more of this gift functioning in the church today. Because a lot of you who don't even know you have this gift have this gift. And God is going to call some of you in here to start new ministries this church doesn't yet have. He's going to call you into a place of leadership. I feel that in my spirit. Actually, I don't feel that. I know that in my spirit. God is calling some of you, and I, I, see, I, see, I see that spark in a lot of you. I see the Holy Spirit flame getting higher and higher. And I know, and I'm being sensitive because I know the Holy Spirit is going to confirm in you guys and in me new ministries to start for this church. They're going to impact this community. This is a motivational gift, right? We talked about the three categories of gifts last week. This is a motivational gift. This gets the body of Christ motivated to do the work of Christ. And this is one of the main reasons I'm excited about this evangelism team, because we get to be the hands and feet of Jesus. And I'm excited for the leaders we have in that group who have the spiritual gift of leadership to guide this group. Because you understand, if, y'all, if we just sit here, it's rare. It's rare. And Miss Karen, I'm glad you're with us today. It's rare that someone like Miss Karen just finds us online and decides to come. 
Yo, by the way, Miss Karen, raise your hand. This is Miss Karen. She found us online today and decided to come. Praise God. Awesome. Now, that's rare. That is rare, y'all. That, that, that's got to be the Holy Spirit because that, that does not happen. I'm serious. I don't, you never see that. So with this rare occasion that the Holy Spirit led Miss Karen here, that's different. But we have to get out working in the state of evangelism to reach the lost, to reach the unsaved, to reach this community. Because, y'all, didn't you say you, live, you, you don't live too far from here, do you? No, I don't. She didn't even know we were here. What? Wow. Lives right down the road, has driven past our church, and she didn't even know we were here. Wow. What does that say about us? Our light's not really shining. Our light is not really shining. Do we see that? Y'all, that, when she told me that, that broke my heart. That people could be driving past this church every single day of their lives. Every single day of their lives. One, not even know we're open probably, but just sitting off to the side, you probably wouldn't even pay attention driving past it. We have to do better. Amen? We, 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 we have to do better. I have to do better. Ministries that apply to this gift, every ministry. Every ministry needs leadership. And a majority of these today are going to be for every ministry. Every ministry needs leadership. And listen, listen. You know, you know you have like the alpha personalities, the beta personalities. You can have two alphas in the same place if they're led by the Holy Spirit. I'm an alpha personality. My Uncle Mark is an alpha personality. CE is an alpha personality. But we don't clash. Why? Because we're led by the Holy Spirit. So every ministry should have multiple leaders functioning in this gift of leadership. Now, when there's a clash, we know there's a problem because you're not focusing on your gift, you're focusing on a title. When you're led by the Holy Spirit, you don't care about a title. You're willing to lead even if that's leading someone scrubbing toilets. Amen? Leadership is not just what I'm doing here. Leadership is not just what they do up there. Leadership is day in and day out how you conduct yourself and how you guide others to serving the Lord. Do, do we see how specific this gift is? Look, listen, a lot of you are leaders, but not a lot of you have the spiritual gift of leadership. Because look, look here, it's specific. Certain members of the body of Christ to set goals in accordance with God's purpose, not man's purpose, for the future and to communicate those goals to others in such a way, listen, 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 that they voluntarily. You're not begging people to do it. When you ask them, they do it. And harmoniously, there's no fighting about it. They do it. Work together to accomplish those goals for who? The glory of God. Not the glory of man. You, do you see how the spiritual gifts are specific? You may be a leader, but you may not have the spiritual gifts of leadership. Do we understand this? These gifts are specific. As God gives grace to each individual, he knows you better than you know, you know yourself. He knows what you can handle better than you know what you can handle. Mercy. Not many people seek this gift, but I think this is such a beautiful gift. I pray that the Lord produces this gift in me more. Mercy, sympathy, comfort to the sorrowful, showing kindness. The gift of mercy is the special ability that God gives to certain members. Do we see how it says special ability given to certain members? Not everyone walks in this. Not everyone functions in this. Of the body of Christ to feel genuine empathy. I'm not saying, oh, I'm sorry that happened. No, in your heart, when that person tells you their bad news, you feel it in your heart. My wife is one of those people. When you tell her that it's hurting you, it hurts her. Because the spiritual gift of mercy. It's not a, oh, I'll pat you on the back. Okay, no, this is you feel it. And compassion for individuals, both Christian and non-Christian. You hear that, Christians? Both Christian and non-Christian. Who are suffering, who suffer distressing physical, mental, or emotional problems. And to translate that compassion into cheerfully done deeds 
that reflect Christ's love and alleviate suffering. Do we see how specific that is? To translate that compassion into cheerfully done deeds. So deeds, what does that mean? It's an action, something you go out of your way to do, that reflect Christ's love and alleviate suffering. Y'all, the, the man of God who led me to Christ when I was a freshman in college, he functioned in this gift like no one I had ever seen before. He functioned in this gift like I had never seen before. When I told him what I was struggling with, he would literally cry. And I would look at him like, why are you crying? Like, I wasn't even crying about it, but he would cry because he was so heartbroken over how lost I was and the same mistakes I kept making. It broke his heart. And did you know by him constantly showing the love of Christ, that led me to Christ. If there was a love that powerful that could make someone cry over someone else's problems and issues, I wanted to experience that love. And a lot of times we in the American church, if it's not a gift that puts you upon stage, we don't want it. I'm just being honest. If, it, if, it's not, if it's not a gift that puts you in a place of leadership, we don't want it. But I'm telling you, church, we need more people praying for this gift. Pray, I pray for this gift. This is a motivational gift as in the fact if someone's struggling, you are helping them become more motivated to get back on the right track, to step forward into things of God, to, pass, to push forward past their grief share ministry. And I, I have grief share on here because, listen, those of you who work in grief share, I know you all have this gift. Y'all genuinely feel the hurts of other people. So ministries for this gift, first touch ministry. You welcome in the door, talk to him, start a conversation. Our prayer group slash prayer team, we need more people with this crying out to God in prayer. Amen? And once again, if you want to join us for prayer at 9.30 a.m., we meet in this classroom. We're probably going to switch back to the kitchen soon since we do have AC in there again. So we'll probably do that. But listen, we need more people on that prayer team too. We have a good group, but y'all, everyone's called to pray. Everyone's called to pray. And the grief share ministry. I know that ministry more than others truly needs that gift. And if you function in it, maybe you should even think about helping with grief share. You can talk to Dawn about that. Amen? But this gift, y'all, I'm telling you, it, it radically impacted me. This gift. What people would consider one of the lesser gifts impacted me to the point that I gave my heart to the Lord. It wasn't through some powerful service. It wasn't through some powerful preacher. Now, he's a powerful preacher. I had no idea at the point, though, he was a powerful preacher. I just knew him as my friend. But through that friendship and showing me the love of Christ, I came to give my heart to the Lord. We're picking up in our next passage for today, leading into the next three gifts. I was finishing up Romans chapter 12. We're going into 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verses 1 through 9a. Now concerning spiritual gifts, brothers and sisters, I do not want you to be unaware. A lot of versions say I don't want you to be ignorant. What is ignorant? You simply do not know. Now, we use ignorant as a derogatory term a lot of the times. Oh, you're just ignorant, right? Sounds bad. No, ignorant literally means just not knowing. You literally have no idea this thing exists. So a lot of virgins say, I do not want you to be ignorant. Christians, I don't want you to be ignorant. Because I know a lot of you want to go deeper in God, but some of you may not even know how. And listen, Christians, this is how we go deeper. This is the fuller measure. You know that when you were pagans, you used to be enticed and led astray by mute idols. So let's put this in today's perspective. At one point, you were not a Christian. And at one point, you worshiped all things in life that were not God. Amen? It's the same. It applies the same today. To them, it was idols, built statues of different gods. To us today, it's usually cell phones and electronics and a spouse or a girlfriend or boyfriend, right? We put other things. This is just idolizing something above God. Verse 3, therefore, right now, coming here, therefore, I want you to know that no one speaking by the Spirit of God says Jesus is cursed. Amen? No one who has the Holy Spirit in them is going to say Jesus is cursed. No one's going to be heretical in that sense if you have the Holy Spirit living inside of you. And no one can say Jesus is Lord except by the Holy Spirit. 
And I'm not going to get into this today, but if you ever dealt with someone who is possessed by a demonic spirit, they cannot say, they refuse to say that Jesus is Lord. So only through by the Holy Spirit can we come to a place in our heart. Now, people can fake it, yes, but it's a true place in our hearts when the Holy Spirit dwells in us and says, Jesus is Lord. In verse 4, now there are different gifts, but the same Spirit. Amen? Amen. Different gifts, but the same Holy Spirit. There are different ministries, but the same Lord. Amen? We have different ministries in this church, but they're all led by the Lord. And there are different activities, but the same God works all of them in each person. Amen? Verse 7, a manifestation of the Spirit is given to each person for what? What does that say? The common good. What does that mean? For the good of the populace. For the good of the body. Your gifts are not given to you for yourself. It would be very selfish of you to be given these gifts and never pour out on other people these gifts. That would be a shame. I told you, God does not make bad investments. So if you're currently wasting his investments he put in you, he's not going to give you any more. So if you're saying, God, take me deeper, but you're not even using what you have now, you're not getting any more. Do we understand that? Do, do, we get, do we understand that God's not some bad banker making bad investments? He's strategic. He looks at the heart. Y'all, he knows you. you. You may be able to fake some of your church friends, but you can't fake God. He's not a fool. He sees you as you are. Verse 8, to one is given a message of wisdom through the Spirit, to another a message of knowledge by the same Spirit, to another faith by the same Spirit. Wisdom, wise advice, wise speech. Now, this is not just having wisdom. This is a specific situation where you use this wisdom. A lot of you are wise, but a lot of you probably do not have the gift of wisdom. The gift of wisdom is the special ability that God gives to certain members of the body of Christ to know the mind of the Holy Spirit in such a way as to receive insight into how given knowledge may best be applied to specific needs arising in the body of Christ. Do we see that? Specific needs arising. Right? Y'all, this is like when our AC units died and we had to convene as a council. The Holy Spirit gave us words of wisdom in order how to act in that situation. These are the things that come up out of nowhere. Right? These are when someone in a ministry is rebelling against God openly, but denying it, and then you have to handle that situation, seeking God on how to handle that. So words of wisdom given to specific situations. And this is a manifestation gift, because this is the Holy Spirit speaking straight through you. Straight from the Holy Spirit, straight through you. You are a conduit, a vessel for the Holy Spirit. This is a manifestation gift. And this is for every ministry, because every ministry has struggles. All of us who know who serve in a ministry, who have served in a ministry, we all know things arise that we can't necessarily plan for. And it's the things you cannot plan for and the ways you have to adapt that we have to seek wisdom. Like COVID-19. There are talks on the news. We all know that they might do another national shutdown. So this morning in prayer, we pray that the Holy Spirit would give us wisdom on how to act and how to function during these times. Can I just say I hate COVID? And I hate what it's done to people's mindsets. It's isolated people and it's made people lazy. I hate COVID. I do. I hate COVID. And so we need to seek wisdom as a body of Christ. You seek wisdom with us. Yeah. It's not just the leadership of this house. You may be functioning in the wisdom that I need. Yeah. Are we not one body? Did I not talk about this last week? We are one body functioning together. You may have the word of wisdom I need to make the right decisions for the future. And this is for every ministry. Every single ministry needs this gift. And I love to see people functioning in this gift. And you know how, listen, a word of wisdom. When I took over, when I, before, y'all, 
Two months before I was even approached about being the senior pastor here, God laid on my heart, if I was assigned, Pastor Charlie was going to be my associate pastor. Word of wisdom, out of nowhere. Wow. Y'all, me and Pastor Charlie weren't even that close, really. I mean, of course, we're technically family by marriage, but me and Pastor Charlie were not, we weren't like that. I wasn't like, oh, I'm getting my buddy a position, yeah. No, I, I would have never thought that Pastor Charlie would be my associate pastor. But the Lord ordained it, and the Holy Spirit spoke it to me, and I spoke it outwardly, and it was a manifestation of the Holy Spirit to guide this church. Gift of knowledge, studying, speaking with knowledge. The gift of knowledge is the special ability that God gives to certain members of the body of Christ to discover, accumulate, analyze, and clarify information and ideas that are pertinent to growth and well-being of the body. You know, we have a lot of people functioning in this gift of knowledge. We have a lot of people who are very strategic. Like yesterday, in our meeting for the evangelism team, you know, we had some people with some fantastic ideas. And that knowledge coming out that they didn't even know they had was from the Holy Spirit. And even because me, me and Pastor Charlie organized this meeting, we just said it was going to be led by the Holy Spirit. We had our Bibles and like a small agenda of what we were going to talk about, but it was a conversation. We all just talked about it. And the Holy Spirit, not even just through me and Pastor Charlie, was bringing knowledge out of people who haven't even evangelized yet. The Holy Spirit was giving us words of knowledge from those people who haven't even been out yet because the Holy Spirit has ordained this ministry. And so we have a lot of people in this church, I'm thankful, walk in this ministry gift of knowledge, helping guide our ministries to become better and more stable. This is a manifestation gift because it's directly from the Holy Spirit speaking through us. Every ministry needs this gift. Every ministry needs knowledge. Every ministry needs wisdom. Every ministry needs leadership. This is for all of us. And listen, if you seek these things, God will give you these things. But you have to put yourself in the right standing with the Lord, and you have to be walking in what you've already been given. God has been walking what you've already been given. All of you at least have one spiritual gift that you've given your life to Christ. But if you're not using that one gift, why would he give you another one? It's as simple as that. The more you invest his investment into others, the more he's going to invest into you to then continue to invest into others. Faith. I'm praying God gives more people in this ministry this spiritual gift. Just this boldness to do what God has called us to do. The gift of faith is the special ability that God gives to certain members of the body of Christ to discern with extraordinary confidence the will and purposes of God for the future of his work. Pastor Tim Hodge had this gift. And we as a body didn't always allow him to function in it. Pastor Tim Hodge had this gift. Pastor Tim Hodge was a dreamer, a visionary, walking in this gift. And I pray more people in this church become visionaries with this bold faith. Not, but listen, listen to what it says. To discern with extraordinary confidence, what does that mean? You have no doubt the will and purposes of God for the future of his work. You know what he's birthed in you. And you speak it because you know it, and you stick to it because you know it was from him. There's a manifestation gift. This type of faith comes from the Holy Spirit. There's no way we as fickle human beings could stand with this type of faith. And I pray we as this church, and I pray a lot of you start having more faith in this evangelism team. Listen, listen. On Tuesday, we decide we're going to have this meeting because we have our community event on the 21st. So two weeks. And the Holy Spirit laid it on a couple of our hearts that this was something we needed to get out in the community ASAP. And with three days' notice, I didn't know how many people were going to show up. Pretty much every single person who signed up showed up. Hey, for those of you who showed up, thank you. That, that was confirmation. Yes, clap, clap, because that was confirmation that the Holy Spirit, y'all, Jesus changed the world with 12. With 12. God has given this church 15 who are willing to go out, and I believe that's going to be even more and even more and even more. If they could impact the world, imagine how we could impact West Columbia. With the real gospel, 
Not with a popular, eventful gospel, but with the gospel. This gift is for every ministry, because every ministry, the way God has ordained us, he's ordained us to grow. He's ordained us to be successful in the ministry. We need people from every, in every ministry, functioning in this gift of faith. And a lot of times, like, oh, I have faith. No, that's not, that's not that type of faith. This is the type of faith where God tells you and you know. And you do everything in your power to see that come to fruition, but not in your own power while being led by the Holy Spirit. We're going to go back over. Last week I talked a little, bit about, a little bit about how to discover your gifts, but now I gave you five points. And I've noticed a lot of times church people love points. So you know what? Here are five points for you. Number one is prayer. Ask God daily to reveal your gifts to you. Prayer. Number two, scripture. Familiarize yourself with, with the gifts and with the passage that pertains to them. I have them up here on the board. Become familiar with the gifts. Know the gifts. It's going to be really hard to pray for gifts if you don't even know what you're praying for. Number three, contemplation. Ponder your most basic joys, desires, and inclinations. I talked last week, your gifts that God has given to you are, are a lot of the times going to align with your natural gifts you were born with. So those joys you have deep inside your heart, those basic joys, those desires, those inclinations to what you want to do, those are usually going to coincide with your spiritual gifts. Affirmation. Ask the opinions of respected fellow Christians on what your gifts might be. You need confirmation of your gifts. Do you hear me? It's one thing to stand up here and say, I have this gift, but if no one's ever confirmed it in you, then you don't know for a fact that you have that. You need confirmation. You need to seek affirmation of trusted Christians and leaders in your church who can affirm your gifts. Number five is experimentation. Put your suspected gifts to work in the ministry. I can say all the day long I have a gift, but if I don't function in it, you can tell me all the day long you have a gift. And if you don't function, I'm probably going to look at you Mm-hmm. Really? Do you now? Why? Because there's no proof. There's no fruit. And there's no fruit. What does Jesus say? Judge a tree by its fruit. If, you're, if you have no fruit and you're telling me you want to lead a ministry, I'm probably going to tell you now. But if I see tons of fruit and you don't even want to lead, but I want you to lead, I'm probably going to ask you to lead. Because a lot of you are quiet people, but a lot of you are producing a lot of fruit. And God can bring out of us what he needs in us to function in different ministries. We have those. Number one, prayer. Number two, scripture. Number three, contemplation. Number four, affirmation. Number five, experimentation. Simple, flows. Keep that in mind when you're learning. All right, and even, even just as important, how to develop your gifts. Because when you start walking in a gift, God wants to develop that gift in you with a deeper measure of the Holy Spirit. To use your gifts more effectively, more effectively, more frequently, more creatively, more skillfully, and more purposefully, you must develop your gifts. Number one is accept some responsibility in the area of your gift. Whatever your gift is, take responsibility. Serve in a ministry. If you come and sit here every Sunday and you don't serve, you're wasting your gifts. You're wasting your gifts. Accept some responsibility in the area of your gift. Number two, seek encouragement and feedback from trusted friends and leaders. This is more of the confirmation, right? Seek encouragement and feedback so if you want to function in a gift and you may not be doing it correctly, seek trusted leadership who can help guide you that way. That's how you develop. It's a learning process. We all fail. I fail every day of my life. We all fail. It's a learning process. Number three, take inventory of the opportunities available to you for using your gifts. That's why I keep giving you these ministry examples of ministries at Crossroads that need these gifts. Right? No, no in, your, no in this church, no in your church where you can serve. And it's as simple as coming up to one of the leadership of this house and asking, hey, I want to serve 
this is, this is what I believe my gift is. Talk to us, and we can help you choose a ministry to start off in, to get some experience in. Number four, take time to learn from those who are more experienced in the area of your gift. Does that make sense? That, that, that's, like, that's like a basketball player who wants to go pro training with a pro. He's already there. He's where you want to be. He already has the experience. You want to learn from him. It's the same thing in our spiritual gifts. I have developed my gift of discernment by being around people who have the spiritual gift of discernment. And I have been taught to understand what's the Holy Spirit and what's me. Because you, you guide yourself around people who walk in those gifts. And number five, which is one of the most important, plan your life in light of, your, in light of the gifts God has given you. Number five, plan your life in the light of the gifts God has given you. Does that, does that make sense? Your life should align with your gifts. If God has given you specific gifts, that should guide your life in the way it is going. Because he gave them to you for a purpose. We are not just normal people. We are people set aside, chosen by God to serve his ministry. Giving gifts through the Holy Spirit. And listen, that was the last slide, but the Holy Spirit laid this passage on my heart during worship. I was going to share it during worship, but I feel like, I feel like he was telling me to wait. Write this down. 2 Corinthians chapter 3. Verses 7 through 17, sorry, 7 through 18. Pastor Charlie, will you and the worship team get ready? I'm going to sing worthy of it all one more time whenever I'm done. Because I believe it's important to give as much praise and honor and glory to God as possible. And I've been loving how we've been ending with worship, setting us into our week in a right standing. And let's, let's read this together. If you have your Bibles, please turn to your Bible or on your phone. Read along with me. This is 2 Corinthians chapter 3. Thanks, sir. Verses 7 through 18. Once again, verse 7. Here we go. Give you a second to get there because I want you to highlight this in your Bible. I want you to contemplate this. I want you to think on this. I want you to read on this during the week. You ready? Verse 7. Now if the ministry that brought death, talking about the law in the Old Testament, chiseled in letters on stones, talking about the Ten Commandments, the tablets, came with glory so that the Israelites were not able to gaze steadily at Moses' face because of its glory, which was set aside. Do you remember that? When Moses came off the mountain, his face was glowing with the glory of God that the Israelites could not look at his face. They could not behold him. Verse 8, how will the ministry of the Spirit not be more glorious? How will the ministry of the Spirit not be more glorious? Verse 9, for if the ministry that brought condemnation, the law brought death, correct, had glory, the ministry that brings righteousness overflows with even more glory. Verse 10, in fact, what had been glorious is not glorious now by comparison because of the glory that surpasses it. For if what was set aside was glorious, what endures will be even more glorious. Do you understand this new covenant ministry is for us? We, it's for us, the glory, this more glorious than even Moses coming down off the mountain with his face glowing with the glory of God. Now what we have been given is more glorious than that. That has been set aside, and now the ministry that has been entrusted to us, this new covenant ministry of reconciliation to the Father, the Holy Spirit-filled life, is more glorious than that. Verse 12, since then we have such a hope, we act with great boldness. Can I read that again? Since then we have such a hope. Who's our hope? Jesus. We act with great boldness. Church, I'm looking forward to us acting with great boldness boldness and this evangelism team stepping out that is an act of great boldness verse 13 we are not like Moses who used to put a veil over his face to prevent the Israelites from gazing steadily until the end of the glory of what was being set aside verse 14 
but their minds were hardened. They couldn't receive. For to this day, at the reading of the Old Covenant, the Old Testament, the same veil remains. It is not lifted because it is set aside only in Christ. Verse 15, yet still today, whenever Moses is read, a veil lies over their hearts. But whenever a person turns to the Lord, the veil is removed. Do we understand that, Christians? The veil is removed. We receive him as the Savior. Now the Lord is the Spirit, and where the Spirit of the Lord is, say it with me, there is freedom. There is freedom. Where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. The law brought captivity. The law brought sin. The law brought death. Through the new covenant, we have given a more glorious ministry of freedom. Verse 18, we all, listen, Christians, I pray this is you. We all with unveiled faces are looking as in a mirror at the glory of the Lord and are being transformed into the same image from glory to glory, sanctification. This is from the Lord who is the Spirit. Now, believers, there's freedom in this place. And we have been given a more glorious ministry than even what we read of in the Scripture of Moses coming down with glory all over his face. We have been entrusted with a more glorious ministry. I I pray the veil has been taken off your eyes, and some I know it has not. Because when the veil is taken off your eyes, you see the Lord as he is. And you cannot help but want to pursue him and grow further in the ministry. So I want you guys to stand up with me. If you feel led to come up to the altar, come. We're just going to worship the Lord one more time. We're going to worship him in song and worship one more time. You're worthy of it all. You're worthy of it all. For from you are all things, and to you are all things. You deserve the glory. You're worthy of it all. You're worthy of it all. For from you are all things, and to you are all things. You deserve the glory. You're worthy of it all. You are worthy.
Give God a hand clap of praise. God, we thank you, Lord. We thank you for who you are, and we thank you that you're worthy of all. We thank you that you are worthy of, of it all. And one of the things that the pastor's been preaching on this past two weeks, and I was actually texting him this week uh, because I have a great relationship with him because he's my nephew. And so it works out really good that way. But I'm not just saying that because he's my nephew, because I have three amazing nephews who I love very dearly. I mean, they're like my own sons. Um, and they all have great gifts and all have different qualities. I mean, each and every one of them, I can't, I can't, I can just go on and on and on about it. But one of the things I do know is Josiah is an amazing pastor and I am enjoying the word he is bringing. <clears throat> and for those who do not know, I'm a car salesman, you know, so I got married into a bunch of preachers and that's great. You know, they took this old car sales guy who sells used cars and said, Hey, let's take him on in. We can, we can polish him up a little bit. And one of the things I knew about that is when I got, when me and Michelle, or Michelle and I, let me be politically correct there, when Michelle and I started dating, one of the things I knew about being involved with the Belize family is you immediately get thrown into ministry, whether you want to be in ministry or not. So when he's talking about being in ministry and the things of serving, boy, you learn servant, being a servant really quick. Uh, so I can remember early on washing dishes in the fellowship hall, cleaning bathrooms, and whatever Miss Bleach told me to do, I did. I just learned it. And then I got married to Michelle, and she just, that transference of spirit just jumped on her. And then whatever she told me to do, I just started doing because I just, she speaks, you just listen. And then when Michelle and Miss Bleach and Kim get together, then you just come the ultimate servant and you do whatever you want to do because whatever they're saying, you're going to do it because you're just like, hey, this is just going to happen. So one of the things he keeps talking about is being a servant and being a servant. And that just really resonates with me because the thing that in the Bible, Jesus was an ultimate servant. And if we're, I think we all have that capability in that ministry and in that spiritual gift of being a minister, whether you think you do or not, it's there. Just sometimes we're so lazy, we don't want to bring it out because like, ah, oh, that's somebody else. Let somebody else do that. Nah, because I know that those disciples did a lot of things that they didn't want to do. A lot of things they didn't want to do. And Jesus did a lot of things he didn't want to do, but he wanted to be the ultimate servant to show who he truly was. So, church, we have to become an ultimate servant. In order to be an ultimate servant, we got to give it all to him. 
So one of the things that we've got this Sunday night at 5 o'clock, we have a men's cube meeting. We have a Bible study. And for those who didn't know, guys, it's amazing. I mean, we've had, what, four or five guys in there right now? And we can, I mean, in case you didn't know, there's a lot of room in this church. So we can pack it out with more men. Just throwing that out there for you. But, guys, I mean, I'm enjoying it. I mean, my wife and I've got a wife, i got a daughter, and i got a female cat. So I need some men around me. <laughs> I mean, there is no testosterone in my house whatsoever. So when I come home, I mean, I come back, and Michelle's like, how was it? I'm like, man, I loved it. It's awesome. I mean, these guys are great. So Jason even says, oh, you're, you're hanging out with your little squad, huh? I said, I love my little squad because it's not only are we talking about the Bible, but it's just men mentoring to men. I mean, I can talk to these guys who've been in my shoes and said, hey, I'm dealing with this. Can you help me out? No, man, it's, they, they, they start laughing at me. It's going to be okay. This is what's going to happen. This is what's going to take place, and then you'll get there. And, you know, it's great to be there. So, guys, if you're not doing anything at 5 o'clock, if you're doing nothing but slobbering on the couch and you're too full from eating that country fried steak, mashed potatoes, and gravy, come on in with a belly full. It's okay. Just come on. You can have a little stains on your T-shirt. It's okay. We're men. That happens, okay? My wife's gone this weekend, so I'm being a man. I'm leaving, I'm leaving dishes in the sink. I ain't washed anything. I ain't even made the bed. I'm a true man this weekend because I'm enjoying it. And y'all can do it, too. For one hour a week, you can come in and be a true man. We can just come in. We can burp, and we can do whatever we want to and talk about God. So at 5 o'clock, I encourage you to come on. And one of the things in that men's group that we're talking about this week is in John chapter 13. And in John chapter 13, Jesus is talking to Peter, and he says, Peter says, don't wash my feet. Don't wash my feet. And then he says, Jesus, I'll follow you wherever you go. I'll follow you. And Jesus says, you're not ready yet. He says, you're not ready yet, but you will be. He said, you're not ready yet, but you will be. And he says, no, I'll die on the cross. I will die beside you. And Jesus basically says, fool, you ain't ready. The cock's going to crow three times before you even, and you'll deny me, but you will be ready. So he's talking about the day, pastor is saying about the spiritual gifts and one of the things being a powerless church. And I'll end with this because I'm just rambling because I'm so excited about what God's doing. I'm just excited about what God's got. And if you can't get excited about this, man, something's wrong with you. Because as a, as a salesman, one of the things you realize is you learn to read people's body language. Because you know at that point whether they're accepting of your information or whether they're not accepting of your information. And one of the things you always see, God bless you, brother. When you see people's arms crossed like this, that's usually a sign that they're not receiving it. When I'm trying to sell somebody something, if they're like this, i got to start putting on a show because i got to make them like me. Because once their arms drop, the one thing they teach you in psychology of selling is when you drop your hands like this, it's an inviting opening situation. So there's nothing wrong with standing in the church and fighting the Spirit to come on in. There's nothing wrong with it. There's not anything wrong with it, guys. There's not a thing wrong with it. So one of the things I know, before I was a car salesman, I was actually a teacher and I was a strength conditioning coach. A lot of you know that. Some of you don't know that. But one of the things, there's two phases of training. There's strength training and then there's neuromuscular training. The neuromuscular training actually works in the neurons, an area you cannot see. Strength, we all want to get into the weight room and get stronger and bigger and prettier and all that good stuff. That's great. But the thing you don't see that impacts your strength more than anything is the nervous system. Well, the nervous system is actually attached to the spine, and the spine is attached to what? The brain. 
So if you're not thinking on God, if you're not dwelling on God, and you're not dwelling on these words, then how can you act in the spiritual gifts? We have to work what's inside to make what is outside come out. So church, I encourage you this week, take these words, and I'm not just saying this because he's my nephew. I'm really not. I'm telling you I'm not, okay? Because outside this, he's my nephew, and we used to hug each other, and I'd try to squeeze him and throw him all around and all kind of stuff. So I'll still do that with him because he's still my nephew. But when he's here, he's my pastor. And the word that he's bringing forth to me right now, guys, every day and every morning when I get up, I'm digging into that word. I'm like looking through all, and some of you probably see me. I'm taking screenshots because I can't write. When I write, my writing gets cold. I won't be able to read it anymore. So I'm reading his stuff, and I'm, reading, I'm writing stuff down in my, in my iPad because it's so good. And just one day is not going to be enough. Just an hour of his sermons or 45 minutes of his sermons is not going to be enough. you got to dig deeper to get into that spiritual gift that he's encouraging us to do so we won't be a powerless church, but we will be a stronger church. Yes. Yes. you got to dig deeper. So, church, I encourage you this week, read your Bibles. As my, as my father-in-law used to say all the time, and he still does, read your Bibles, go to church, pray. He says it's not real hard to be a Christian. <laughs> You read the Bible, you go to church and pray. But it don't just take place on reading on Sundays. Guys, I encourage you. I encourage you to keep reading that word, okay? Please read that word. Dig in time with God. Spend time with God. I'm going to pray with you. But as I pray, don't let it just be me because the Bible says when two or more gather in his name, he'll be what? He'll be there. He'll be in the midst. And he says, whatever you ask in my name, you shall receive. He doesn't just say that because he's blue in the face. Because the last time I checked, every word that's in that Bible comes true. So if he said it, he's going to do it. So I encourage you, folks, as I pray, you pray. You reach out to God. Don't let it just be me. I'm not here for a show. I know that as he knows the spirit of the sermon is upon him, I know God's given me the spirit of motivation. I know it might be shocking you, but I know he's given me that. And that man keeps texting me that, too. I know he's giving you something. I'm like, no, nah, that fool don't know what he's talking about. It's, I'll listen to you on Sunday. Right now we ain't listening. But I know he knows, and I know also. So, folks, I encourage you. Pray, pray, pray. Talk to God, okay? Dear gracious and wonderful, mighty Heavenly Father, God, we want to thank you for this day. God, you are such an awesome, magnificent God. The things that you are doing in this house, God, it is all by you and none of us. So, God, we want to thank you for every single thing that you're doing in this house. I want to thank you for every single person in this house that you're touching, that you're bringing forth manifestations of their spirit, that you're opening their eyes to what you're about to do in their lives, to the gifts that they did not know they have, you're about to make them come aware of them. So, God, I pray that you will open their spiritual eyes, open their spiritual ears, and let them hear what you're about to do in their lives. God, I come to you right now, and I pray and ask that the words that are coming out of this mouth of our pastor are not just going out in vain, but they're actually landing on good soil and producing a good harvest. God, I pray and ask that as we leave these doors today, that we impact lives, that these words that are coming out that are landing on our hearts and in our soul, that are not just staying here in this church, but they're going outside in West Columbia. They're going outside in Columbia, in Lexington, in Irmo, wherever you may be, whatever situation you work at, wherever you may work at, I pray that the Spirit of God is manifesting through you. I pray and ask that today, as you leave this house today, that people will see the difference of God living inside of you. I want people to see the light of God shining through you so that if they see you, they say, what is different about that person? I want to be a part of whatever God is doing in their life. 
So God, I pray and ask that right now that you will bless each and every person. If they have any kind of physical ailment, God, heal them in the name of Jesus. God, I pray and ask that there's any kind of affliction in the body. God, I just pray and ask. Shalom Right now, church, I just pray and ask against any affliction on anybody's body in this house right now. If there's any person in this house that is sick right now, and if you're afflicted with any kind of sickness, if you're any kind of disease, if the, if the devil is trying to make you think that you've got something, this altar is open for prayer. Because right now, God is going to do something in your life. You can sit back and you can wait and say, maybe next time. But I'm here to tell you right now, God is up to something in this house. He wants to heal you today. He wants to set you free right now. If you're being captivated by your mind, I pray and ask that right now you be set free in the name of Jesus. I pray and ask if you have any kind of ailment that you should be set free in the name of Jesus. I command the human body to line up under the authority of Jesus Christ the way it was intended to in the name of Jesus. People, as people are coming down this altar, get your hands on them and pray. You don't need me to pray. You don't need pastor to pray. You need to be praying for these people right now. Breakthrough is taking place right now in the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus, I pray and ask if you've got any kind of cold, cold you must die in the name of Jesus. If you've got any kind of symptom of COVID in your body, either here or in the church or on online, if you hear me right now, I command COVID to die in the name of Jesus. You have no authority nowhere near the body, nowhere near people's mind. We will not fear COVID. We will not sit and run away from COVID, but we're going to face you square in the mouth. We're going to kick your teeth in, devil, because you are not going to shut down what God is doing in this house and what he's doing anywhere else in the name of Jesus. So God, right now, I command in the blood of Jesus, penetrate here. I penetrate. It penetrates anywhere in this house, online. If you are sick, you shall be healed in the name of Jesus. The blood of Jesus is penetrating hospitals, ICU rooms, right now in the name of Jesus. God is doing something in this house. God, thank you for what you're doing and what you're about to do and what you're going to continue to do. Now, God, as we go out of here, we go out changed and charged. We go out a different person, a different body. We be led by the Spirit and not by ourselves. God, now bless us indeed. Enlarge our territories. Keep your hand of protection about us. Keep us from evil that it harm us not. And let everything that we do, let everything that we do, let every step that we take, let us be nothing but praise and worship to you, the almighty King of kings and Lord of lords. And the church said, Amen. Amen and amen. Pastor Betty, do we have food across the street? Food across the street. Go receive the blessing from the outreach ministry. And today, men, once again, 